The following program contains material that may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Woo! Welcome to Court on the Macabre. I'm Katie Atkins. I'm Kelly Bow. And that's Sammy. <laughs> You can't. <laughs> you can't. I was like, do you guys get to introduce me or do I just go for it or what? We you figured can, it out. It's fine. It's figured out. You we, just, we would get there. And uh, we're going to talk about sketchy small towns, which is honestly a topic. Toplic. Topic. Toplic. I never would have thought of myself, but Sammy here thought of the idea because she came across some weird ass towns. Yeah. And I'm very excited there's to hear a, about them. There was a good, good Reddit thread, and I was like, ooh, what's up? I'm going to send this to my buddies. <laughs> yeah, I got mine. So I got mine from a Tumblr thread that turned into a Reddit thread. Oh, cool. So, like, someone screenshotted the Tumblr thread and then put it on Reddit. It was like, what's the weirdest thing you ever saw on a road trip or something like that? And somebody mentioned this town, you know, details that ended up turning into Kelly's town. Um, I'm sure she'll get into it. <laughs> at some point but it wasn't just like creepiest town you've been to go (laughs) i thought it would be fun for y'all's podcast do you guys have a creepy town you've ever been to yeah well okay so it's creepy but in kind of a cool way and i talk about it all the time so i'm sure i've told you guys about it already but casadega in florida oh yeah the little psychic town there you're literally not allowed to live there unless you're a certified psychic or healer it's just kind of I mean it's a little creepy just because it's away from everything like it's just tucked away it's like one exit off of I-95 it's you would think it would be like really um podunk and stuff but then you like go into it and it's like this old timey big houses and it's just like this lake and there's no lights no stores no like people walking around or anything it's just for the most part it's just quiet you just have people walking around from this one store in the middle of the town and just going from there to like other houses because the way that it works is you show up And you walk inside the store, they have like charms and gems and stones and whatever you could want. And then in this back room, or side room, I should say, they have a calendar up there. And it lists every day what psychics are available and like what healers are available. And then you have to call them and say like, hey, can I come over to your house and get a reading? Um, and that's how you set it up. It's not like you go online and you can schedule it. It's like every day the schedule is different. One of my old friends swears by it. Her mom actually went to a healer there because she had cancer and like medicine was only doing so much. She was like running out of options and whatever. And then she went to Casadega. Her tumor like inexplicably had shrunk like for her next visit. It's like a really interesting place and they've done some really cool readings for me personally. Yeah. Um, but it's a really cool, creepy town. I still really want to go. I really want to go too, just to see. Like, it just sounds, I feel like you'd show up in the air just feels weird. It does. You know what I mean? Like, there's like an aura around the whole place. Like, even the first time I went there and I was super skeptical, it's like you walk it, you get out of your car and you just kind of like get a shiver down your spine. You're just like, hmm. It just doesn't feel like any other place you've been. That's kind of how I felt. Well, not in that way, but like, I, when I talked about in our, our camping and cabins episode, the Cumberland Gap, that's like, that town is just so small and the buildings are so old. It just feels like you just walk into like the Twilight Zone 
episode. Like, this isn't part of real life. It's weird. So I've already talked about it on here, but, like, I guess for me, I would say the Cumberland Gap. And they have one restaurant, and the last time I went, which was a couple years ago, like two years ago, there were tourists, which was bizarre. And I was like, I've never seen anyone else in this town. I only come here because my mom's weird and crazy and my family lives close by. And I just remember going to the restaurant and it was like full of people and they like renovated it and like made it bigger to accommodate more people. And I was like, what the fuck happened? And I asked them and they were like, apparently the Cumberland Gap had made some sort of like list on something of like charming cute small towns and I'm like yeah but everyone visiting here like they see how there's nothing here right like it like there's a hotel that's kind of like not even in the town like away Mm -hmm. from here like where are all these people staying (laughs) my dad's hometown um was on a documentary for how small town America is dying oh no (laughs) it's called Peabody Kansas it's like Aww. this big, so it's small. Like That's yeah, it was so little. Yeah, and um, there was like nothing there. Everything had already closed down. The last time I was there was had to have been like the mid '90s before I moved to Georgia. They had like a bookstore and a Dairy King, not even a Dairy Queen. It was like a knockoff Dairy Queen, <laughs> and like that was it. That was it. And they had this the house that my dad grew up in. I've talked to him before, like, do you believe in the ghost? Are you religious? You know, because we grew up going to church, but that doesn't necessarily mean that someone's religious just because they go to church, right? And he said he absolutely believes in the afterlife. He absolutely believes in ghosts because he and my um, cousin had this shared spooky experience in that hometown house where they swear there was a ghost because they both heard a noise and saw a figure and got the same like chills at the same time so I think the town is scary as hell I think that people left because the whole shit was haunted the whole shit all haunted (laughs) just haunted but yeah and now nobody lives there I'm pretty sure it's all the way dead I should look it up so yeah we should go find out so is Peabody Kansas just like a a ghost town Town? It was it was like on its way to becoming a ghost town. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, How does something just like become a ghost town? Everybody moved away. Everyone there was nothing there. It. Yeah, everything closes down. That's nuts. Kansas is a weird ass place. I drove through it once with my parents as a kid, and I couldn't believe the vast nothingness that is Kansas. <laughs> like I'm not even kidding. I remember, like, at one moment, I got scared. GPSs weren't really a thing yet. We didn't need gas, but we were on our way to needing gas, and we realized there's just no gas station because there's nothing anywhere at all. And I was like, oh, my God, if we ran well, out of gas. Well, like farms and stuff, you well, know. Well, there wasn't farms where we were. It was just, oh, like, out here. like, like there are farms <laughs> in Kansas, yeah, but, where, but where we were was just nothing, just fields of nothing, of no one living anywhere, no anything, no structures, no buildings, no people people I didn't even see other cars on the road it was really bizarre and so I just remember being like this is terrifying if we like can't find a gas station what would happen if we got stuck out there before the you time of cell phones field and die because the slasher would come and get you there was oh no cornfields there was no people creepers would pop out from the fucking cornfields and get you and then keep your eyeballs for fun cornfields <laughs> would at least be something to look at it was vast flat plains with I no have memories crops. of sunflower fields well, that sounds nicer. Yeah, so I have, like, really positive, happy memories of driving through there. The thing that was crappy about Kansas, in my recollection, is 
you know, once you cross from Missouri, you know, you go through Kansas City into Kansas, there was this one small town. I don't remember the name of it, but we called it Stinky Town because there was like a water crossing plan or something, but it just smelled like straight shit <laughs> for like 10 minutes. So Stinky Town you were halfway to Peabody. <laughs> Oh my god. You gotta go to Stinky Town to get to Peabody. That sounds like yep. from a children's I show. I could totally, yeah, I could totally see you and your siblings like chanting it in the backseat or something. <laughs> stinky Town, Stinky Town. <laughs> oh my goodness. Who do we want to go first? I mean, it was I Sammy's idea. Sammy. Yeah. It's Sammy's idea is Sammy goes first. So, Unless she doesn't want okay. to, or it's Sammy's choice. So Sammy, I'd like to go second. Okay, if there you go. Uh, <laughs> if you want, I'll go first. Okay, and then Kelly, since I also kind of did a little bit of cursory research on your town, I can help boost yours. So it'll be a good yeah, strong. Yeah, please do because I really did like. I got so much information, and I like kind of there's a lot on put it. it in there. And then I was like, "This is way too much. We have three people. Like, I'm gonna try and <laughs> cliff notes this shit and grab all of these crazy pieces of it and just like throw them in there best I can." <laughs> okay, so please jump in. I did my best to organize this as best I could because I had to piece together. Like I said, I got the idea for this particular town from a Tumblr post, but the Tumblr post is only like only like kind of scratches the surface (laughs) really so basically there is this girl who posted i went to the dentist today and my dentist honest to god said can i ask you a question what the hell is in your mouth how does this visit to the dentist equal i lived in a weird town well (laughs) okay it's because okay yeah Yeah. (laughs) no normal dentist would say this thing i feel like so unless you have something really weird in your mouth so in case, yeah. the girl was like, she made a, this post and the post blew up and she went to work and came back and was like, I feel like I gotta like explain myself. The hygienist and everyone who worked in this dentist was just staring at the inside of her mouth and they all kept calling people over to be like, what is that? What, what is that? What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. So, um, and everyone's like, what the fuck could be in your mouth that would cause this? And she goes, look, I just got to tell you guys, I can't, my hometown is really weird. And she never said where it was. And then people were like, I looked up some of the things you said. It's Tracy, California. <laughs> and it in fact was. She describes it as It looks like a normal suburban town, but once you get there, you just get there and you just feel like something's not quite right or all together. The air is eerie. And a lot of people in the comments and people who've looked into Tracy, California, actually compare this place to Sunnydale from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ooh. So another thing that piqued my interest on this town. And so basically, it's this tiny town in California that you pass by to get to the Bay or to Sacramento. And it's no purpose, really, other than, like, people kind of know it because they have to drive by it. And it's along the interstates uh, 5 and 580, and most people who know about it just know about it as this weird fucking town because they live in a neighboring town or they're from there and never left or they left and never went back there is no in between you either stay there forever or you leave and never go back it's like this weird twilight zone town (laughs) the local people of the town so there's a shit ton of farmlands surrounding this town the local people call it the cuts and everyone knows not to go out there at night because too many people have just disappeared. Like, no explanation, mm-hmm. never found, no nothing. People just disappear. And so everyone in the town knows 
you don't go out there at night. And the news always had like really bizarre news stories. And I actually double checked all of these. And I even went to the uh, Tracy, the local Tracy news website to look at all of the more recent headlines. And they are still weird. <laughs> For a small town, this town has way too much crime. Um, Some of the crime is stuff like, you know, uh, a kid was kidnapped by local residents and tortured in a house around the corner. Uh, a random, oh my god. A random person was chased down and shot for sport in a really nice neighborhood. Someone got uh, mauled down by a bull while out car shopping and lived. Also, this really does sound like Sunnydale. <laughs> yeah, like the bull, the bull just scored him place. down. For sure. And if you look at the town from an outside perspective, it looks like this cute, normal little town. Like, it doesn't look like a place of so much crime. But yeah, a literal bull attacked a man while he was out car shopping. Um, And the kid who was kidnapped by local, random local residents and tortured in a house actually got out. He lived and escaped, and he was this random 17-year-old kid. There's a lot of headlines that just sounded like it came straight from Buffy. To get back to the girl about her teeth, though... She goes into oh this whole story. She goes into this whole story about how her town is really weird. Everyone knows that everyone there is really fucking weird. Like either you're the kind of person who wants to leave or you're just like weird and off-putting and like people don't get you and you stay forever. There was only one orthodontist, so everyone in town went to the same orthodontist. So what this thing that they were looking at was their permanent retainer, which you think Mm -hmm. wouldn't be a weird thing to notice. Like, literally, Zach has a permanent retainer. It's just, like, a wire. It's just a wire in your mouth. (laughs) But the dentist literally said, what the hell is that? And apparently, what happened was, of course, Tracy, of all towns, would put these weird, unnecessary contraptions in kids' mouths... And uh, everyone else in town saw it as normal, so no one else thought it was weird. And apparently it was a prototype for a bottom retainer that is so rare that the orthodontist of this metropolitan city had never seen it before in his life, not even in dental school, nowhere. It's And it's not even that it's, like, outdated. It's just really rare. Like, how, where did he get these? Right. And, um, like it's an experimental town, and they were just yeah. doing experimental medicine. Yeah. <laughs> and she said they were still staring at pictures of it on her chart, or their chart, in wonder when they left the office. And so this... So did she explain herself to them? Do we know that? I don't know if she explained herself to them, but of course she was like, of course my fucking town did something stupid to my teeth that all these people are like, what the fuck? Um, So this sparked a peak interest of people trying to figure out what the fuck town this is. And apparently it's also a town where there is 7,000 acres southwest, just six miles southwest of downtown Tracy that tests nuclear weapons. There's a lot of theory that the radiation, like, has fucked with all these people in the town. <laughs> so it's like Strangerville. Yeah. Yeah. And so that area, I looked into it and I looked it up, which I mostly found just like um, government websites and stuff on it. But it's called Site 300 and they test and produce weapons of most kinds which includes nuclear. And they have built all of these giant structures to be able to do a lot of the testing inside. But for years and years and years, obviously a lot of it was outside. And part of why they had to build these soundproof giant buildings to test certain weapons is because you could hear it in the town and people would complain about like the gunshot noises and stuff. 
and the and explode no. the explosion sound. Do you think part of their like testing of weapons involved just like trampling bulls? I think they were testing some rare bull weapons. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think that was just a local farmer who just like <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah, but that's what's exciting. <laughs> okay, yeah. so I want to go into a little bit of the history of this town. So um, a lot of people who aren't from there, actually a lot of people who live there too, they actually refer it to it as the Tracy Triangle. And if you look at it on a map, because of how the interstate and the roads are, it literally isn't a triangle. And they call it the Tracy Triangle because it's hard to get out of like the Bermuda Triangle like if you're a visitor and you get there like you get you almost always get lost and have a really hard time finding your way out like apparently it's difficult to navigate or something so when people it's the nuclear fumes they get to your brain when people try to travel through there they like fuck up don't drink water (laughs) oh yeah that's another thing is uh the girl on or i always want to say girl it could be a guy the person on tumblr was like yeah this water was probably very contaminated and like all this crazy shit it was once home to the native yukats people and it was so prone to flooding that a catholic priest named father pedro font described it in 1776 as uninhabitable and also quoted a saying, I have never seen an uglier country. Wow. (laughs) Upon seeing this place. Yeah, so this city, this American city, got started providing services for early travelers and it became a town during the gold rush and it was mostly known for its brothels. When they say services, it's mostly brothels, (laughs) saloons, and gambling. And the town was uh, in their little Las Vegas. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they were, but like really shitty and podunk. And it later became dubbed as Poker City during the Prohibition era. And then in 1957, Tracy gave birth and became home to the Mexican Mafia. Uh, as young men from Mexican American LA street gangs got tired of being stepped on, they emerged as the Priston prison system's ruthless powerhouse so basically they would come out of prison and like people would be like racist towards them and hit on them and do all this shit and so they were like fuck it we're getting out of here we're all collecting in this one town and we're gonna run this town good for them but then in 19 (laughs) don't let your dreams be dreams (laughs) (laughs) people are being not nice to you make your own thing start a new group (laughs) so then in 1969 some fucking how I don't know how, but due to desperation of trying to find a venue, the town has a racing speedway called Altamont Speedway, and it's exactly what you think. It's like a little mini NASCAR type of, like, it's just like their their local speedway where you just race around it. Well, driving a circle park. And the people decided the people I, I don't know the music industry after Woodstock happened they decided to have the Woodstock of the west they wanted one on the west coast but they wanted it to be a little bit more planned but the idea was like no barriers we show up free love kind of a feel like how Woodstock was earning right. man yeah <laughs> But so the artists invited to this who showed up were the Rolling Stones, Jefferson Airplane, Santana, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, the Flying Burrito wow. Brothers. The, yeah, the, yes, fl- the big guys. The Flying Burrito Brothers, like, they were all, like, ready for this. And I don't know that last one. They have a fun name, though. Oh, I've burrito heard of the Flying Burrito, burrito Brothers. Brothers. <laughs> That's a good name. Lots of burritos in the crowd. Let's get it. And, and 
this event, which at the time was called the Altamont Speedway Free Festival, it was free, so anyone could show up, just like Woodstock, became officially known in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as the worst day in rock and roll history. Oh no. <laughs> and it happened smack dab in Tracy, California, this tiniest, weirdest nuclear town. <laughs> so what happened? How did this become the worst day? I had to do a little dive on this, but like... What the fuck? So the Hell's Angels were hired for security, which is just like oh my god, I know about not that. a good no. idea. Which was just I not a good idea. Documentary on this. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of footage from this because uh, people were anticipating it to be like Woodstock, so they wanted footage of it. The Rolling Stones were trying to like make a video documentary like of the show and everything, and like literally when Mick Jagger stepped off the plane, he was immediately punched in the face by a fan because <laughs> there's, no there's no there's no real security. <laughs> there was no real security, and there was no barriers between the bands and the people. People could just climb up on stage, and the only thing stopping them was the Hell's Angels, which is like a biker gang. The and they weren't even being paid. They were being paid in beer and a free show. Oh, no. So that means I, they're just like, yeah, sure, we'll do security. Yeah. Some. So, uh, they were just and. People being scared of Hell's Angels. And yeah. for whatever reason, the show became incredibly violent. Everyone there just got super violent and fights started breaking out everywhere. Like, it was like the exact opposite of Woodstock. Hell's Angels. <laughs> Woodstock, everyone was fucking here. Everybody was punching each other. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so um, the Hell's Angels, people people who were there um, and on footage reported saying that the Hell's Angels were involved in almost all of the fights. Like, they were involved in so many of the fights. And they don't know if they were, like, part of the fight or trying to stop the fight or what. It was just hard to tell. Grace Slick, who I didn't know, but she was a musician who, you know, I guess performed there. I don't know if any of these people really performed. Um, she was quoted saying, there was no way to control it, no supervision or order, the vibes were bad, something was very peculiar, not particularly bad, just really peculiar, it was that kind of crazy, abrasive, and unsure day. I had expected the loving vibes of Woodstock, but that wasn't coming at me, this was a whole different thing, so she was just saying how, like, just being there was just, the vibe was weird and harsh, and it was, like, awkward and forced. So when the Rolling Stones were performing, Mick Jagger kept saying, you know, to the super unruly crowd, he said, just be cool down there in the front, don't push around. And during their third song, a fight erupted in the front of the crowd at the foot of the stage, which is right where they are, prompting the Stones to just stop playing and wait for the Angels to restore order. And after like a really long pause, and they, again, were trying to calm people down, and they just said fuck it and started playing again. That is when the Hells Angels got into a scuffle with a dude named Meredith Hunter. I didn't know Meredith was a dude name at all, but yeah. So Meredith Hunter was a dude who was 18, and he was attempting to get on stage with other fans. And one of the angels grabbed Hunter's head, punched him, and chased him back into the crowd. That was their idea of being security, is hitting people. After a minute's pause, Hunter returned to the stage. And by the way, all of this is on film. Is there on a film. documentary? Yeah. There's a dude. Yeah, there's definitely a doc. It's literally like, I. it's something with rock and roll. Yeah. For sure. Like, they showed it to us in high school, and it was crazy. It's like, I'm nuts. pretty sure. What are the Rolling Stones? Did one of the Rolling Stones, like, actually get injured, like, more than punched? Um, I don't know. And that's, like, what I'm getting into is, um, a little different. It's not one of the Rolling Stones getting injured. It's someone else. So, Hunter returned to the stage, 
where according to producer Porter Bibb, Hunter's girlfriend Patty had found him. She was crying, begged him to calm down and to move further back into the crowd with her, but he apparently was enraged, irrational, and so high he could barely walk. And Rock Scully, who could see the audience clearly from the top of the truck by the stage, said, I saw what he was looking at, that he was crazy, he was on drugs, and he had murderous intent. There was no doubt in my mind that he intended to do terrible harm to Mick or someone in the Rolling Stones or somebody on that stage. So Hunter, who is seen on the footage as uh, wearing a bright lime green suit, which I just find kind of funny, he returned to the front of the crowd and drew out a long-barreled 22 caliber re- revolver from inside his jacket. He had a gun. And that's when Hell's Angel Alan Passero saw him draw the gun, drew a knife, and just stabbed him twice. Just killed him right there. And he died right there in front of the Rolling Stones on their stage. 300,000 people attended this show. Anyway, so um, in the 70s it, and 80s is when Mark was wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So in the 70s and 80s, the marketers started to super hype up Tracy as an affordable version of suburbia in the middle of fields of walnuts, sugar beets, and tomatoes. And people were calling it agriburbia, meaning like agriculture, suburbia, and combination with each other. They're trying to make it sound like super cute and charming. What? Yeah. And so um, <laughs> in the late 80s and 90s is when the drugs started to really intensely roll in through the town. So now everyone on the town is just on drugs. Apparently it's a huge issue. So this is when um, I decided I wanted to look at their local website and look at local news and see, like, what the fuck was going on. And I found um, a couple headlines where I was like, what? And this is everything about to mention is, like, from the past, like, month or three, like, the past couple months. It got to the point where I read too much that they were like, you have to have a subscription to this newspaper. And I was like, Tracy Press, I'm going to need you to calm down. <laughs> oh, oh, also really bizarre thing I found through Tumblr. Everybody who lived in Europe is not legally allowed to read articles about Tracy, California. When they try to pull up stuff about it, yes. it won't show up. It says it's due to legal reasons. They can't, like, open the town website. They can't, like, look at <laughs> It's really bizarre. What? Why? I don't know. I have no fucking clue. You're being a Tracy, California. It's so That's weird. It's like some nuclear stuff. It's gotta oh, be. Oh, I know. Some security clearance, something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's this one headline that happened, I think, in March that I thought was really weird, which was late night clowns harass women. And I was like, what? And so uh, a woman called the police at, you know, 12, 19 a.m. Wednesday to report that two men came to her door twice, knocked, but wouldn't say anything when she asked what they wanted. The woman said the men had done this night before as well. Officers searched the complex but couldn't find the men. And then 40 minutes later, she called again and said that the men were back dressed in clown costumes. Oh, no. And so after this incident, all of a sudden, it was like the whole town went berserk. This was, let's see, that happened early January. And then throughout that, like, week, they received uh, 1,361 calls for just, like, weird crimes happening everywhere all at once. Just happened one after the other. And they had a list of, like, just some of... The whole opened up. It was just, like, people were just doing weird shit. And some people were reporting things that, like, weren't there. It was, like, people were seeing things that, like, weren't there. Or, like, or people were just acting a fucking nuts. 
calls from this person rode a bike on the grass in the park and you can't do that to a Chevy Blazer that was reported stolen crashed into a wall at the Chevron gas station. Like, <laughs> and uh, the caller said a man had a woman pinned down to the ground where the Blazer had crashed into a wall on the north side of the business. No. And then there was another woman who called. A woman called the police and said someone knew her password and sent her an email telling her to send $2,000 or they would release videos of her masturbating to show everyone she knew no but she said that those videos didn't exist so that's impossible and they were like then why did you call the police and she was like i don't know i just felt like it should be reported (laughs) all right (laughs) but my favorite sorry i guess yeah Yeah, sure (laughs) and there was just like there's just oh my god it was just a lot of really weird like list of stuff and then there's there's a few reports of people like claiming their passwords were stolen there was a lot of people who were just calling to be like i don't know what to do i just feel like i should say something and the police were like what is happening and then it just stopped like we want to be part of the group yeah Yeah. and then january 17th it just stopped and went back to normal and they were like what what so that was this year um (laughs) and so another headline i thought was really fun happened in march and it's man wakes up in restaurant, cooks himself a meal. This man just wakes up <laughs> I in a restaurant. I've never heard that one. He just woke That's up in a restaurant and was like, well, might as, might well. as well make something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, I'd probably do the same thing. Um, more from like March, April times is man arrested after machete robbery at Walmart. Farmer finds oh. human bones in well. Oh, missing, <laughs> missing man found near high school. Which is just the most Buffy thing I could think of if Buffy existed. This man yeah. who's been missing for a long time is just found at the local high school. Now I'm thinking Joss Whedon was just like farming the fucking news. He had a subscription <laughs> and he was like, this is it. This is next week's episode. Do I can count on you, Tracy California Press. <laughs> you know he pays for the subscription. He has to. He absolutely does. Yeah, and then, and then, the, the paywall. And then there was another that was Rapper walks around mall, draws in crowd of 500. Kids start fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Which rapper? Um, I don't know who the rapper was. Oh, that was me. when they started asking me to pay for the subscription. <laughs> and you were like, nah, dude. <laughs> I was like, nah, dude. All you I saw was that. About attacking people. All I saw is that somehow this event of a rapper walking around a mall drew in a crowd of 500 people and became violent. I do know. these people get together and they just want to hurt each other. Apparently, apparently MC Hammer moved there for some reason at one point. Yeah, MC Hammer moved to Tracy, California. Um, And so, yeah, and I'm almost done. I'm sorry. I know I talk a lot, but I just had a lot. I was like, this place is really weird. But last thing that I was like, what? Was there was a fire at an illegal tire disposal factory which was allowed to burn for two years for two years what how does it how does it keep burning without somebody like actively supporting it and how did it not spread it's finally out i looked it up i looked it up it was like the slowest burning candle of all time yep after let it burn this was in uh this was in 2000 (laughs) 
Was and it reported in 2000 or what did it start in 2000? Oh, so um, it was <laughs> it was it was it was 1998 and it started dying in 2000. Dang. The article I read was in 2000 because that's when the fire finally started to die. Um, they just let it burn. I was like, how? What? Like, how does that not like affect the town? Mm-hmm. Like so At that point, much. There was so much- they were so poisoned from all the nuclear shit, a little bit of, like, burning rubber wouldn't gonna hurt him. They were yeah. just like, eh, fuck it, just throw it in. <laughs> but after yeah, two no whole years, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so basically what happened was, after more than two years, the smoke still rises from the huge dark pit where seven million illegally dumped tires have been burning. Stay, it just takes a really long time for rubber How to burn. How does such a small town have so many tires? It's got to be all of California's tires. I, I guess people drive by, just dump it. I don't know. Um, like, eh, we'll throw it into this trash pile of a town. <laughs> Nobody will care. And <laughs> state officials said in 2000, yesterday, they may officially be able to put out what's left of the fire, which is now oh, just good. a mass of smoldering rubber. It's just a tar pit. And it's the largest tire dump fire in our nation's history. It's I it's the only one I know of. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like there's video of it, there's photos of it. Like it looks it looks wild. But yeah. Um so oh, another really weird thing I found on their local stuff. And this was I was trying to find just other weird local crap. Their schools are weird. There's gotta be something weird. There's this picture of these kids with this giant freakishly like whale trash bag thing in the gymnasium. And apparently they reported as news as uh, poet Christian school fourth graders built. How do I explain this? They wanted to show the kids how big a whale is. So they made the kids build a whale out of saran wrap and garbage bags. And it looks creepy and weird. And it's just this giant whale trash bag in the gymnasium. So they were just like, we want more people to recycle, I guess. And so the two kids. Make a whale. <laughs> These two a giant trash pile. That's educational. Yeah, the photo <laughs> is like really posed in my opinion they were clearly told to like go look at the whale as we take a photo and they were like okay and then one girl was like it's time to shine yeah one girl was like am i doing it well enough the other one was like i don't want my photo taken the other one's like how long did this take why did they build it what did they do with it afterwards? Why do the kids need to know how big a whale is? It's basically the size of the gymnasium. Just tell them that. Or Why is this pictures? There's plenty of like side by side pictures. Why is this considered news? Like I have so many questions. They're like, this is the one thing that isn't crime. Take a look. <laughs> well, it might also be crime, though. Yeah. It's yeah. In oh gymnasium shape to look like a whale. Yeah, so uh, Tracy, California is just the Hellmouth confirmed. For sure. Yeah, it's that's like, what it sounds like. It's a Twilight Zone. I don't know what it is, but yeah, that's my town. Hope you Yay. liked it. Oh, Tracy. <laughs> oh, Tracy. Which, what? I never heard of the Mexican Mafia. Yeah, it's, it's because it lives in Tracy. I they never, so. they got I so lost. under wraps and it never leaves. <laughs> they got lost there and then they never left. Wait, there's one more thing. There was one more okay. thing that happened that I totally forgot to tell you guys that was just so fucking weird and creepy where I was like, this is definitely some Sunnydale business. There was, okay, okay back in 2009, 
An eight-year-old girl, Sandra Cantu, was kidnapped and murdered by a Sunday school teacher who said she has no idea why she did it. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. And then there's, like, another case when four underage boys were shot and one was killed by four teenage boys. And there's just, like, a lot of, like, shootings, homicide, drug busts, auto theft, burglaries. The Sunday school teacher murder. That was weird. Like, she's just like, I don't know why I did it. Like, okay. 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 You have nothing. You have nothing. Not even just like a, I'm crazy. Just <laughs> I'm crazy. Know. What can I do? What I can I tell you? And what's interesting <laughs> to me and it is it wasn't a man, it was a woman. Yeah. That is bizarre. It's really you, weird. Especially killing a child. You know, those two things do not go hand in hand. She especially just, for women. Yeah, yeah. She just fucking kidnapped a little girl and fucking murdered her and then was like, I don't know, but I did it. I want to know what's up with the human bones in the well. They don't know. They they said um, they're trying to identify them because they were very recently found. That's where the ring came from. Are either of you doing Centralia? Centralia, no. That's the one that Silent Hill is based on or something, right? Yeah, and apparently has a coal mine fire burning underneath it since 1962. Nobody can do anything about it. They're just like, well. There's some fires that you just can't put out. Like, they're just too much. Which apparently the tire fire, the seven million tire fire, was one of them. That had to have smelled so bad. There's got to be something going on if people's, like, nose hairs are so immune to the smell of burning rubber. They don't yeah. say anything. Yeah. Yeah, that they're not like, okay, is nobody going to do anything about this? <laughs> like, It'll yeah. be fine. People that keep continuing for two years. What the hell? I know. I feel like, well, obviously, uh, someone was like, obviously it's a demon. You know, the ever-burning industrial fire is actually a demon. And then, you know, possessed Sunday school teacher kills child. Demonic bull goes on rampage and gores a man. Oh, is it a demonic bull? I didn't catch that part. Well, we're making it Sunnydale now, so it's got to be demons and vampires. Or possession. (laughs) Possession. Possess this angry bull to kill its ex-boyfriend or something. (laughs) I'm sure it is. We gotta CW that shit. All of the people who go missing in the cuts, vampires, they probably threw the bodies in that well. Well, how many bones did he find? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Okay, yeah, because now I'm concerned if you're saying, like, multiple people. I think the the man found one bone and was like, that's enough for me, and told the police, and they're, like, excavating it or something. Man, one bone is enough to know there might be the rest of the body. Yeah. <laughs> one bone is enough for the X, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be like, oh, I wonder if I find the skull. Like I wouldn't <laughs> I would not do that. My my personally, my first fear would be like, I'm scared to touch it. I don't want it to be tied to me. I have nothing to do with this other than finding it. <laughs> All right. Damn. So Sammy, you're next. Yes. Okay. So I'm talking about Skidmore, Missouri. So y'all know I'm from Missouri. There's like a history of violence in this area. It's Nodaway County. There's a lot of vigilante justice in Missouri. If we ever do one about vigilante justice, let me know. We can talk about the bald knobbers who I'm related to. Not that I'm proud of it, but it is a thing. (laughs) That's like a group of vigilantes uh, during the Civil War. All of the men who were of fighting age went off to fight in their respective sides because Missouri decided not to choose. And there's just this like general sense of lawlessness. So it was like the Wild West, literally. So a bunch of dudes banded together and did vigilante justice under hoods and called themselves the bald knobbers. So, Ooh. 
Yeah, I'm related you to come up with a better name. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the times. Bald knobbers was the move, apparently. Bald There's knobbers. No one so messed with us. So Branson, which is like the Reno or like the Las Vegas of the Midwest, has um two things. There's one that's like a Wait, like you, a you said Branson variety show. Mm-hmm. Branson, okay, yeah. Sorry. There's like a variety show named after the bald knobbers where there's like different people come on stage and do like skits and sing songs. And Why stuff. are they called bald knobbers? I don't know. That's just the name of this vigilante group. They just and thought so it would be funny. Yeah. They and were then trolling and then they turned into a real thing and they're, they're like, like, well, now we're fuck bald people. Well, we're we'll, we'll knob you. It's, it's, uh, you don't want to analyze it too hard because it gets real phallic real fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, my first thought was, with knob was not, uh, yeah. Phallic. Yeah, I was like, do they just jerk people off? Like, what? I don't know, man. But there's also this theme park ride called Fire in the Hole at my favorite theme park, uh, Silver Dollar City. And it's all about the history of the bald knobbers, and they don't paint a very nice portrait. I'm still really. They started like noble, but then they got kind of fucked up. But what's up, Katie? Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm interrupting you, but I'm I'm still really sad we didn't end up going there for your uh, bachelorette instead of Savannah. I know. I'm sorry. It would have been too expensive, and it would have been less time spent. It would have been fun, but we should just plan a trip other time. I also really want to go to Dolly World, Dolly Parton. Yes! Dollywood. 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 I've never. That was not that expensive. I've never been it's there. Okay. Yeah, a lot closer i think it's in tennessee right it is yeah. yeah i went there once when i was a kid they've changed so much though so maybe we could do some is it near nashville maybe we could do some sort of like girls trip there no it's not near nashville no. i just don't know any other town gatlinburg i want to say oh that makes, sh- yes don't, i've gatlinburg. been to gatlinburg um, I love Gatlinburg. I would love to take Pigeon a trip to Gatlinburg. Forge it's a, is where it is. Another weird Pigeon Forge. Yeah, that makes sense. Gats, that's and they got roller coasters, so you know I'm in. All right. Well, yeah. all right. I'm glad. We've, it's planned. We're doing it. We're going to go <laughs> We're to Gatlinburg and Dollywood. Honestly, once this all blows over, if you guys start collecting Delta miles, we can go to Branson for like 11 bucks for two tickets round trip. Damn. So we can go to Branson. I'd nice. love to take you guys. It's really stupid. Do it. Okay, so this whole region is, like, known for weird violence, and specifically this county, Nodaway County. And it's not like there's a lot of crime, but because there's not a lot of people, but there's a lot of violent, grisly, gruesome crime when it does happen. So, heads up. Katie, yours was, like, almost whimsical in tone. Mine's gnarly. Whoa. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Dive on in. So starting back in like the 18, 1800s, I'm just going to read you a list of some stuff that happened up to the, well, it's not a super long list. Go ahead. I'm glad that I made a bunch of people dying and murder and stuff sound whimsical. Well, I mean, there's like- <laughs> A child got kidnapped and murdered by a Sunday school teacher. I'm genuinely <laughs> curious on what makes it whimsical. I'm so excited right now. No, Katie's was whimsical. Because it was saying. like messy demon stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like, I want to know what makes hers whimsical in comparison. Yeah. I'm super excited I'm sorry. To know I, I didn't mean to interrupt oh, you to keep up the suspense, but gotcha. I'm like, what the fuck happened in this town? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So- there's the Talbot brothers in 1880 who uh, were hanged for the murder of their father, despite the fact that the victim, their dad, swore with his dying breath that his political enemies were to blame. In 1910, Hezrasco murdered an entire family of four and then burned the house with the bodies inside it. 
And then in 1974, this dude, Benny Kemper, did something eerily similar when he slaughtered four of five members of the Merrigan family. So there's just this, like, long line of, like, spooky, coincidental... Family murders. Mass murders. Family murders, yeah. There was a book written about this town in the... Okay, 60s and 70s. One of the kids go missing because I rewatched Sinister. No. It was, well, actually, a kid did go missing. We'll get to that. But there is a book uh, and a, a TV movie called In Broad Daylight. You guys might have heard of it because you're kind of... It sounds really familiar. It does sound familiar. Yeah. So this dude, his name was uh, McElroy. Hey! I just keep thinking of the, like, you know, the actual McElroy brothers. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Ken McElroy was his name. He was, like, the big bully of the town. And in the 60s and 70s, he was, like, described as more of a self-imposed dictator who ran the town of Skidmore like his personal kingdom. And again, trigger warning, he, like, raped people all over the place and just, like, stole whatever he wanted. He was this big fuckhead who was just an absolute nightmare terrorizing this entire town. And he stole from local farmers and businesses. He would just assault people whenever he felt like in all sorts of different ways. Uh, he had, like, uh, multiple wives at once, including some as young as 12 and over a dozen children. Why didn't law enforcement do anything? Because... He um, was law enforcement, wasn't he? He, he, was, he like, would the just, mayor? like, beat people up. He wasn't the mayor. He was, like, I'm the boss of this town. And he would, like, physically... Oh, so he was, like, the mob boss. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, okay. Okay. He was, like, the soprano of, of the city. Yeah. The he was, like... Nobody could do anything about it, basically. He held a stronghold over anyone who dared to press charges with the aid of his mob-connected lawyer and intense harassment campaigns that included stalking, shootings, killing of pets, and arson. Even the police feared him. So this dude was fucking bad. He was a bad guy. So eventually, after years of abuse, a mob of local citizens surrounded McElroy in the center of town and fired a few fatal shots into the white trash terrorist. Not <gasps> one of <laughs> not one I love that. Than... I know, isn't that cute? That's a great title. <laughs> it's, so, it's so whimsical. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there were 50 fucking people there and not one person narked. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, because yeah. they're just like, y'all aren't going to do anything about this. So we're going to take it into our own hands. In our own hands, literally. And yeah. We're going to get rid of this fucking asshole. No one ever put the finger on anybody. Good. Everyone under the rug. Feet. Good riddance. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Everybody across the country was like, what the hell is up with Skidmore? This dude was just murdered literally in broad daylight. There was a book about it. It hit number one. Um, there was a TV show about or a TV movie about it. Everybody was talking about it. And eventually, you know, stuff started to die down about it. If you went up to anybody in the town and was like, what happened to Ken? What happened to this McElroy dude? Everybody would, be, everybody would literally say, read the book. <laughs> which is really ballsy honestly eventually things remained quiet for the next 20 years and the press died down citizens slowly drifted away um and then people started you know moving away from there and then in 2000 stuff got fucked up again and this is where it gets grisly again it's not a fun series of stuff that happened but this lady wendy gillenwater in 2000 reported that was reportedly Stomped to death by her boyfriend. Stomped Whoa. to death. Stomped to death. Like drive. Like people, yeah. But then some people on the internet found evidence suggesting that she was actually dragged around Skidmore hanging from his car until she died. But again, that... nobody came forward to say anything. What the yeah, they're like, fuck? that's not like a stitches bunch. 
Yeah. Now I'm not on board. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like you did. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, my God. I doubt that woman was a horrible bitch that, you know, had 12-year-old wives or whatever. The article goes, then things got really bizarre. Like, that wasn't bad enough. In 2004, in December, a 23-year-old woman was discovered. Her name was Bobby Jo Stinnett, and she was discovered by her mother, um, who told 911 operators that it looked like her stomach exploded. And the woman, Bobby Jo Stinnett, was soon pronounced dead and was missing the most valuable of items, the infant in her womb. Oh, no. Wait, 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 wait. Baby snatching murders. Like, that's way more common than it should be. Like, people just going after babies like that. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. And I only heard of it, I I heard of it, like, once. And then I heard, like, five more cases about it i'm like what are you serious are yeah. you talking about the first time i've heard anything like this wait are it's you talking about matchers. wait kelly are you talking about the story because i fucking love that story it's insane i don't think i ever talked about it the on i podcast. survived yeah the i survived story yeah. where this woman whoo, this woman was pretending to be pregnant to lure in a friendship with this other pregnant woman so she could cut her open and steal her baby that might be this one so the baby was found alive and well, but the woman she was in the custody of, her name was Lisa Montgomery, uh, was pretending to be pregnant. And she had her tubes tied nine years ago before the incident. So she couldn't have been pregnant, but she was just lying about it. So then whenever she was time to have the baby, she like found this woman who was pregnant, who was a dog breeder. She pretended to be interested in buying a dog from her and then fucking stabbed a baby out of her and the baby survived. So oh my God. it's a different story because the woman I was okay. talking about. The- Why is that a thing? Why are there multiple stories? Like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's horrifying that she just carved the baby out of her. Yeah. What the fuck? That baby had to have been due like next week, I guess, for yeah. her to like be able to do that. Yeah. No, the woman Kelly and I were talking about um, the pregnant, the actually pregnant woman killed her attacker. She so- that's a nightmare, literal nightmare. Okay. It should not I mean nearly as there should not be that many stories about it, especially when so similar. So, so aside from this baby snatching fiasco, which apparently <laughs> she did it, like the was the baby okay? Do yeah, the baby survived and went to the the mother of the woman who was killed. That's whose custody it went under. Wow. Um, oh, so it went to her. And- it went to the baby's grandmother. Yeah, the baby's grandmother. Um, but there's, like, all this evidence around the apartment of the woman who was murdered that, like, she fought her and stuff, so she really oh. put up a fight. Oh, so sad. Oh, no, she's with her father, not the grandmother. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but at the same time, there's some more information about the woman who did this. He said that she had been beaten so frequently as a child that she might have had brain damage, and that might have been what contributed to her, like, mental state that led her to commit this crime yeah she's pleading that to get a better prison sentence that's ridiculous she planned it yeah and like thought about it it wasn't like a spur of the moment i'm just like in the heat of the moment like that's that would make sense to i was abused growing up i had a spout of like extreme just violence and anger but to plan it no you're psycho no (sighs) So there's one more crazy thing. There was this boy. He was 20 years old. His name was Branson Perry, and he was actually the cousin of the 
woman whose baby was stolen. This was three years prior. This was in 2001. And he just disappeared, like almost in thin air. It says, one normal afternoon, 20-year-old Branson was cleaning up the house of his father, who was set to return from a brief stay in the hospital. He went out the door to put some jumper cables in the garage just a few yards away and hasn't been heard from since. No one saw him go anywhere or be abducted by anyone, not even his friend Gina, who was in the house helping him clean, nor the two other men who were working on his father's on his father's car on the property. He was simply there one minute and nowhere the next. So there were up to three potential witnesses and nobody saw anything. Aliens. Um, yeah. Yep. That was going to be my next thought. <laughs> I mean, potentially. I kind of have a theory about what's up with this town. Um, but he's just never been seen since. He left behind zero clues. There have been no leads in the case. The jumper cables he was transporting weren't found until two weeks later when they suddenly appeared in plain sight on the property. All of Skidmore, Missouri got together and combed the area and found nothing. Extensive excavations based on tips led nowhere. It's like he never existed. So Gina, the friend who was there that day, was saying that they had recently started experimenting with drugs. And so there's some speculation that maybe it was like an angry drug dealer. But I'm like, if you just got into drugs, you haven't pissed anybody off that bad. What drugs? You're fine. (laughs) People or something. But like, even then... But like, early in the game. What, yeah, no, nah, dude. What drugs, though, could that have possibly been? It's Missouri, so they could be pretty hard. It could be, like, yeah. you know, meth or something. Like, small towns go hard on heavy drugs. Um, also, his dad explained how a few weeks before uh, Branson, Branson had been violated by a neighbor, and apparently he was drugged and assaulted by a man uh-huh. named Jason Beersman, and he speculated his son was eager to hightail it out of the area. So his dad thought that maybe he just dipped on account of the fact that he was assaulted. But that's a really weird time to do it. Also, his name is yeah. Branson. Branson, yeah. His name is Branson. Branson like Branson, Missouri. Yeah, that threw me but... off. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then there's a third theory, right? And this one is the one that makes most sense for this particular piece of the story. There was another theory, one involving a minister named Jack Wayne Roberts, who was arrested in 2003 after he botched an amateur sex reassignment surgery on another individual in a hotel room. Along with child pornography, police found on Roberts' computer graphic message board posts involving sadistic stories of extreme sexual assaults. One involved a young male hitchhiker whose description matched Perry's. And Roberts, the guy who's being accused, denied any and all involvement with the disappearance of Branson Perry and swore his internet posts were merely fantasy, although some believe a necklace found in Jack Roberts' home resembled one Branson owned. Jack Roberts has never been proven to be connected to the disappearance, but is serving a 30-year sentence currently for other crimes. So, Holy fuck. Yeah, he sounds like a not great individual. But isn't that just interesting that that's a person that exists in the area along with all these other people who are just murderers yeah in a small town in this teeny tiny town so my my idea about the town is oh and there's another story of someone sexually assaulting a 14 year old in this town like it just never ends right like this town is just evil and fucked up my my idea is because there were all these people who um lived in the area who are known sadists and that's kind of can be a genetic thing my thought is that the gene pool of this section of missouri is just riddled with sadists and like fucked up people who are murderers that is just like these are just chock full of bad eggs the probability's all skewed you're more likely to have somebody evil in this town than anywhere else Mm mm-hmm 
And like the fact that people are moving away from this town is kind of scary because it's like the gene pool is spreading, but it's thinning <laughs> out, thinning out in the sense yeah, that that's true. they're procreating with maybe not horrible people. Yeah, maybe it's not so concentrated, so it's not so likely to happen. In yeah, the future. no, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I never think of sadism as a genetic trait, but I guess in a way, I always viewed it as like a behavioral thing. Like, like whether it's nature or nurture, if you're yeah. in a town like that, if it's nature, you're going to get it. If it's nurture, you're going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true, actually. <laughs> it's just scary. And the fact that, that was so close to where I grew up, like in the same state, I'm just like, uh. Yeah. it's weird uh having grown up just outside of atlanta because it's like you don't get a taste for the rest of the state at all you don't mm. but you're still in you really don't you really don't i lived i grew up 30 40 minutes outside of the city and i never thought of myself as someone who grew up near the city at all i viewed the area which i lived in which was like rich suburbia as georgia no it's not it's not at all nope your area for <laughs> someone from outside of atlanta like from the rest of the state the whole shebang all the way up to freaking sandy springs all the way down to noonan that's atlanta baby <laughs> yeah it, it really is like i feel like it, once you go past alpharetta you're out of it you're out of that bubble mm-hmm. the, the, the yep. bubble's over <laughs> like <laughs> Like, when you get to coming is when the racists start. (laughs) Oh, no. That's when the racism, and it's just nothing but white people, and you start seeing farms, and you start seeing some clan meetings, and that's when people, and that's when Mountain Dew starts replacing all of your water. Blue, the Blue Ridge Mountains, to me, is just nothing but people who never knew what water was, drink nothing but Mountain Dew, and don't have teeth. The only other person I've ever known from Missouri was my high school history teacher who would talk about it a lot because he was really proud about being from Missouri, and he was just like... Why? He was, he was just cute and adorable and lived there his whole life until he got married and his wife was from Atlanta, so he moved here. But his very first interaction in Georgia moving here was with a clan member at a gas station. He got invited. Whoa. He got invited to a KKK meeting. And he oh, was like get anybody in. Okay, God. And he was fun. like, well what happened was he was at a gas station on their way to their new home in Georgia. And, you know, this guy was there and like sparked up some small talk with him and he's, you know, a friendly guy from Missouri. Small cute town. He's like a walking cartoon. He's just adorable. You know, kinda like you, Sammy. And <laughs> he's like oh yeah being nice and he was like oh yeah and he starts like you know mentioning this like meeting later and he's like oh i'm not like from this area and he's like oh no no no, but you should and starts going more and more and more into it and then gets to a point to where he's like you know people like you and me and like us and like you know and like all these things and he was like are you inviting me to a clan and he was like, well, we don't want to call ourselves that, but. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's not like Missouri's without racists, by the way. Uh, just because they didn't pick a side in the Civil War doesn't mean it's not chock full of racism. Because especially. Racism's like, everywhere, unfortunately. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like really bad in Missouri. And it's, like, right on, like, South Missouri is right on top of Arkansas, you gotta remember, in that whole freaking Ozark Mountain range, 
it is, um, you know, rednecks are bad, but this is hillbillies, hill people, hill folks. Hillbillies are the ones you got to look out for. <laughs> you uh, got to keep an eye out, man, because not only are they hateful, but they're ornery. Rednecks are a subspecies of hillbillies or vice versa. Yeah. No, I feel like hillbilly is a subspecies of redneck. Yeah. yeah. Hillbilly is a real specific kind of redneck backwater but with like the attitude of like Hatfield and McCoy's kind of thing like I'll kill you over this pig like (laughs) I will kill you (laughs) I got two things I I think about when I think about hillbillies and that's hills have eyes and I don't know if you ever saw True Blood but there is like a whole trailer park cult uh werewolf (laughs) hillbilly (laughs) part of that story so out there where they're all just like inbred because they all want to keep the <laughs> werewolf gene, Yikes. and it's it's on a whole other level. But it's um, so I don't think of Hill yeah. Have Eyes. If anything, Tracy California reminds me more of Hills Have Eyes because it's out west. For me, for some reason, hillbilly in my mind is like exists in an area, but I guess it's not necessarily true. Hillbilly is also like mountain people, like could be Midwest, could be yeah. anywhere. I was about to say, like they can be anywhere. Just when you think you're safe, there they are. <laughs> but yeah, well, the hills have eyes. Like those were people. Like the plot is the people were heavily affected by radiation, and was it, I thought it was like incest had something to do with it too. I can't remember. I was very upset. I was very upset. And yeah, I, 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 I remember like, that movie well because I hated it so much. I hated every moment of it. I was like, this is horrible. It's stupid. It's also saying, like, it's also saying radiation makes people murderers and, like, fucked up people. Well, like, it's actually based on, I didn't find this out till later, but I'm pretty sure, like, Silent Hill was based on, like, these, um. Not Silent Hill. Hills of Eyes. Uh, sorry. Hills of Eyes was based on these serial killers. That would like literally wait in the heel in the hills <gasps> oh! and like attack people. The cannibals and the yeah, cannibal hill people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had nothing to do with radiation or whatever, but there was yeah. it was like loosely based off of them. Yeah. No, part Those of the are like West Virginia hill people, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, the the ones the cannibal hill people is like not in the desert or not desert, but like that type of climate. It's um. Appalachian. But at that one point, great. but part of why I remember the radiation part so much is because uh, the the surviving people of the family run to the ghost town nearby that was destroyed by radiation, and it's like this weird, creepy, like nineteen fifties fake town that they build to bomb to like see how it affects the area, and like these- like that one map and that one shooter. Like that, that fallout. That fallout. Fallout. Yeah. Fallout. Yeah. It looks like I it's fallout. That being like, <gasps> and there's like the mannequins of the people standing there. Yeah. And they're like blown in half and stuff like that. Like these people had been take refuge there and like living there. They were just hillbilly hill people and they got fucked up and affected and all this See? shit. Hillbilly hill people. Well, I want to say hillbilly hill people just because. Point proven. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it's hillbilly hill people. Yeah. Say no more. I take it back. But when I think hillbilly, I always think Hatfield McCoy's Cumberland Gap area yeah, where my family like... lived. It's like that's like southern hillbilly. It's yeah. different. Hillbillies in my mind, are always Ozarks, but that's just because it's where I'm from. Like, I didn't understand that Georgia had mountains until, like, 
way too late in my life. <laughs> it's, it's North Georgia. And like I said, I call those people Mountain Dew people. Kelly, talk about, um, you got it. So. Another gruesome one. Yeah. Um, in a different way, though. Um, yeah. this one's more so just like, man, fuck y'all people. <laughs> it's more so, I to me, it's like, I read through this and I was just like, it's so obvious to me that like some greedy man was just like, I'm gonna keep this shit going for as long as I can, you know, and just be as disgusting as I possibly can because I get away with it. Um, so there's these twin cities of Hilldale, Utah and Colorado City, Arizona, which by the way, what the fuck? Colorado City, Arizona? <laughs> like y'all are fucking with me. <laughs> like auto- automatically right off the bat, you're, y'all are weird. Okay. Um, but for three generations, oh, and by the way, like together, Hilldale and Colorado City are collectively known as Short Creek. Short Creek is both of them together. But for three generations, they've been home to the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Oh, Um, Mormons. Yeah, so it's the the FLDS. Yeah. Yeah. It's a religious sect that split from the Mormon Church in 1930. Um, The reason that they split is because polygamy was banned, and they wanted to keep it going. They're just like, you can't tell us what to do. We want to keep it. So the church teaches that having multiple wives is ordained by God. But each woman is assigned to a man. It's not like, I want to marry you. It's like, no, you get this one. And you get that one. No! And you get this one. Oh, it, just buckle in because it gets so much worse. Um, also, the women, um, and I swear that they pulled this from, like, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt pulled this from this group. Because, I think so. Yeah. These are women with the long-sleeve prairie dresses are down to the ankles everything's covered and their hair's pinned up in a bun oh i thought they got that from the 18 and counting family i mean the 18 and counting family (laughs) probably has something to do with this too they all wore clothes like that it was fucking weird but they also like they are like a doomsday cult too i don't know if that's you're gonna get to that kelly but the whole like in a bunker kemi schmidt style is like from this too is it really i didn't read anything about that yeah they have a bunch of doomsday stuff where they'll say like okay everybody brace yourself we're gonna get ready this is the day the world's gonna end buckle down and they're like building a bunker in texas right now or like yeah that's part of the flds in like general well it's specifically jeff warren's like really of it yeah that's so crazy that i didn't see anything about that that's wild. Because I literally, I dug through some places. I got, like... I watched this documentary called, like, Something Prey with an E. It's like a mm. pun. <laughs> They're preying yeah. on people with prayer. I get it. Hey, you hottie. God said that you're hot, and so you're supposed to marry me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, a whole, it's a whole beast. So, Rulon Jeffs was... Which, by the way, can we talk about how this name fucks me up? Like, this... It should be it should be the other way, right? It should be Jeff Warren, not uh-huh. Warren Jeffs. Anyway, it's a whole thing. Wait, it's Warren that I've been Jeff? struggling with. I keep wanting to call him Jeff. Yeah. His um, name is Warren <laughs> Jeff. Jeff is another person, isn't it? Or Rulon Jeffs is his father. Rulon Jeffs was the original church leader of the FLDS sect in Short Creek. Prior to Rulon's death, Warren held the position of counselor to the church leader. Um, so Warren became Rulon's successor uh, with his official title in the FLDS church becoming president and prophet, seer, and revelator. 
as well as president of the priesthood, which just means he was able to pick and choose which of the other males in the community were uh, worthy of being a priest, he decided. And the priests are the ones who get multiple wives. Actually, everyone did. Oh. So, yeah. So the thing was, <laughs> so the thing was uh, following Roland's death, Jeff, uh, Jeff, goddammit, Warren <laughs> told the high-ranking FLDS officials, who are like the priests that have been deemed worthy already, um, he was like, I'm not going to say much about his death, but I will say this, hands off my father's wives. And when addressing his father's widows, he said, you women will live as his father is still alive and in the next room. But within a week, he had married all but two of his father's wives. Uh, one refused to marry him and was subsequently prohibited from ever marrying again, while the other, Rebecca Wall, fled the whole community altogether. Like, Good on Rebecca. She's an all-star. Yeah. Um, but the, no. the, name, the name Rebecca is just, like, so biblical in so many different senses. Like, it's biblical and literally, like... In, like, the Beyonce way, Becky with the good hair? Yeah, but, like... <laughs> but there was one of his father's wives, Naomi Jessup. She was the first of all of his father's wives to marry him. And she became his favorite wife and his confidant how old are these women versus the son i mean i guess if he's married i guess if his dad married them at 12 they're probably the same age as the son (laughs) so actually there's this show now that's out um it's on tlc or at least it used to be i don't know if it's still going breaking the faith yes Um, i've seen that show oh that's all about like these guys who they're the nephews of warren jeff's and they go in and they're helping these trapped women escape the community because they the way that they put it is just like they know they've known no other life. They don't know how to survive on the outside. They've always like lived this life of like we're gonna be taken care of, you know? So like they get outside and they're just like, we have no idea what to do. Like even down to things in the fridge, like they find them an apartment and like have it stocked with food and they're just like, We can't eat this food. And so they'll throw out like all this stuff, like uneaten food because it's just how they've grown up their whole lives. Like they're not allowed to have chocolate. They're not allowed to have things with sugar and stuff. Cause they had to be like, they had to look a certain way or keep a certain look about them. So they were only able to eat certain things. Holy fuck. Um, and they were saying that uh, some of their father's wives who, I mean, like it was the brother of Warren. He had wives that were younger than his oldest sons. There's just this weird thing going on. So how is he able, or how is Warren able to keep so much power? According to former followers, the prophet is considered to be God's mouthpiece on earth. It is believed that God speaks directly to Warren Jeffs to reveal his will. And through the prophet, God directs which male members are worthy worthy of entry into heaven. By the way, females are invited into heaven through their satisfied husbands. That's how they get in. Damn. That's just like a little note there. But soon after uh, Warren assumed leadership, he began splitting families apart. He would take young girls as his own brides, um, excommunicate members, mainly young men from the church. He banned socializing as well as contact with the outside world. He was also the only person who could perform marriages. And like, keep in mind these two cities, like they were dominated by this religion. They all like looked up to him as the prophet, the Messiah or whatever, like mayors could be torn apart by this guy. And they were like, he would get rid of their wives. He would like pull them out of their homes. Yeah. It was like a whole punishment thing. And it's through him that wives were assigned to their husbands. Pleasing him could result in uh, loyal members being rewarded with one or more wives. 
wives were considered to belong to their husbands for eternity. And it is believed that having less than three wouldn't get you into heaven. He would take away your wives and say, like, you're not getting into heaven now. He also had the authority to discipline male church members by reassigning their wives, children, and homes to another man. So that's where their wives and children went. To another oh, guy who was more holy. Rich. So wife swap, but to a different level. Yeah. <laughs> like a whole other level. And the wives got no say in it. They're just like, he's like, this is your husband. He didn't behave. So we're going to take you from him and take you from your children and put you in this other home. And maybe the children went with you. Maybe they got assigned to another house. Like, Hi, kids. They, meet your new mommy. Yeah, She's uh, our, our neighbor, families. Tamara. You remember her. Well, that's the thing. Is like, um, I'll, I'll get there. I don't want to get too okay. far ahead and be like, okay. I already told you this. I couldn't find an exact number, but Warren himself had somewhere between 60 to 80 wives through his life and had about 55 children. His father, Rulon or Rulon, whatever his name is, he had 19 wives and 64 children. So there's just so many kids. That's when you, like, just start naming every single one of your kids, John. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. If, like, after or the 10, after the 10 yeah. shade, you're like, and you're John, and you're John 2, and you're John 3, and you're John 4. That way you don't have to remember all those names and call everyone John. And you're always mm-hmm. right. Because the only kids you're going to remember are the first 10. <laughs> exactly. Except the 60. They're like, the are you run Ew. out of names? Hey, <laughs> yeah. You're all John now. <laughs> so among the fucked up things that Warren would do, including all this stuff, is he would marry off young women to older men. <laughs> They're just, yeah. So it's a, it's a town and a religion of pedophiles is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Warren, too. Are you getting into that, Kelly? Yep, that's what I'm just about to get into. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, all good. Um, so Warren went on the run in 2005 after being being indicted by an Arizona jury. Initially, it was for forcing a 16-year-old girl to marry a 28-year-old man who was already married. The FBI charged him with unlawful flight and added him to their most wanted list. Like, I went to the FBI website, and they had him on there. He was in their most wanted, like, top 10 most wanted because he went on the run. He just straight up left. And they were like, he's been spotted in multiple areas. And these are the things he's charged for. He's still on the run? No, he's not anymore. Oh. So in August of 2006, uh, Warren was stopped by police driving a red Cadillac SUV near Las Vegas. They found four computers, 16 mobile phones, three wigs, a dozen pair of sunglasses, and more than $55,000 in cash in his car. Also, something I left out, but I just want to go ahead and say now, is Short Creek. There is, you yeah. know, Short Creek, these two twin cities. Um, because they were all this one religion and this one sect, it was kind of like they pooled their money and he, like, assigned housing and stuff. And you got your houses, like, through them. A lot of so, cults are like that, where they, like, buy yeah, an so, area for you to live. Yeah, so that's where, like, this cash comes from, is, like followers and stuff that reminds um, me of the the children of god cult it was always like homeless families so they'd have mm-hmm. somewhere to live so after a raid on one of his compounds they discovered he had also taken child brides um in 2011 after a lengthy legal process he was sent to life plus 20 years for sexually assaulting two girls aged 12 and 14 good um yeah Boy is a pedophile. And he he attempted suicide, but it didn't work out. He described them as his spiritual wives. 
And then these audio tapes came forward that were just chilling of him teaching his wives how to please him sexually. Um, and he referred to them as heavenly trainings. So he would just like bad teachings or something. They would like punishments if the women didn't do anything right. He was like, this is how you do it. Yeah. So even from prison, he continued to dictate family separations in church. Yeah. So there was like a problem because he was first indicted in Utah, which is half of the Twin Cities is in Utah. And because they were so powerful and influential in the area, he his case was basically botched. They didn't admit a bunch of evidence. And so these specific tapes weren't admitted into court. So he ended up getting, um, you know, let off. But then because he was also building this compound in Texas and there are a bunch of other states he had like started to spread into like South Dakota and a couple other places. But all the states that he had like branches in came together and said, okay, well, who wants to take the lead? And Texas was like, fucking us. This fucker's not going on our state. We're not getting fucking put down. So Texas sort of took the reins on it, and they admitted the tapes in evidence, and they played them in the jury for the jury. They had one of the jurors in the documentary, and she was talking about how, you know, they played it, and basically everybody was like, we can go right now. Like, we can go vote. <laughs> yeah. Let's just, let's go, you know? It's, it's really, it's really fucked up. Kelly, the classes you're talking about, the Zion Society, which is also a polygamist cult, did the same thing where the leader would teach young children, girls, he would have the parents leave all of the girls with him to teach them how to please a man sexually, or him, really. It's fucked up how that's, like, a common denominator amongst cults. Like, fuck. Yeah, and he he had some, even the people that he wasn't married to, like, everybody in both these towns had to go to the same, like, little tiny private school that only went through, like, the eighth grade or something like that. And he was the principal of the school before his dad died. And he would be super, like, inattentive with the girls on their dress codes. And he would, like, pull them into his office and, like, you know... It was implied, like, that's what was happening behind closed doors. But he was indiscriminate. Like, there was this kid who talked about how he would be up on stage about to dismiss the children to go to the children's sermon during Sunday service, whatever. And while the children would go, he would escort them and pull just random kids into the bathroom, including, like, boy kids. He didn't care, you know? Yeah, that was part of the, that was one of the crazy things that I read too. It was like kind of separate from the town. So I wasn't sure if I should include it, but it was like one of his brothers came forward and said that when he was like five or six, that Warren and his like brothers and his father would like sexually assault him like throughout his life. It's just like these people, you know, they get it like an ounce of power and it just goes crazy. Yeah. Um, It's evil people who get too much power and they, they can get away with whatever they want. Jeez. And even from even from prison, he continued to like dictate like family separations and church excommunications. And I mean, there were like people in the ABC News documentary and stuff who they asked the people in the compound, like, do you know why he's in jail? And they're like, no, we don't know. And when they told him, they're like, well, I don't believe that. They, that was like their profit, and they're just like, well, I choose not, not to hear, believe we're not that. Believe anything about that. Well, it's also really difficult. Like, I'm not saying what they're doing is right uh, by any stretch of the fucking imagination. <laughs> I do kind of get in the sense that, like, this is something I have been 
living with and fighting for and doing my whole life and I have my own children and you telling me this is telling me I had put them at risk and like I'm choosing not to believe that because it's just too much to handle like I can kind of see heavy heavy denial yeah Yeah. it's it's just easier for them to not believe the rest of the world when their whole lives they've been told to not believe the rest of the world Yeah. yeah Like the Kimmy Schmidt thing in the bunker, the world's gonna end, the world's gonna end, like, kind of a thing. Like, I'm sure it was very, very hard to believe that the world did not end. Yeah. The Zion Society is, um, similar. It was a neighbor, it wasn't a town, but it was a neighborhood. It was Ogden, Utah, of course, because Mormons. They preyed on homeless families, where they'd be like, we'll give you a nice suburban house to live in. And all you have to do is be part of our group and go to our teachings. Your kids are homeschooled by us and, like, all of this stuff and part of the homeschooling. And that's just, like, a whole other fucked up world of it. Yeah. That wasn't even part of the deal in this. Like, you got your house. You know, how nice it was, I'm sure it was determined based on what he said. But it was, like, didn't know any better. They did it because... That's what they've always known. Yeah, the reason why I know about the Zion Society is because I used to watch this show a lot called Who the Fuck Did I Marry? (laughs) Crazy ass shit on that show. But one of the craziest things on there was this girl, Amber Dawn Lee, whose parents were like very impoverished and they had two girls and it was her and her sister. What's even crazier is her family fled And Amber didn't go with them. She, like, begged to stay because she was just scared of being homeless. Because she was the older daughter, not the younger one. And So So she remembered what it was like like to be homeless and was so scared of being homeless that she chose to be sexually abused by this man instead of leave with her family at, like, the age of, like, 10. I don't want to further comment on Amber, but, like, I feel really bad her experience like that's just so tragic yeah and unfortunately there's a lot like it this guy warren warren jeffs he wed around 80 women and children over the years um the state the state doesn't recognize it but i mean that doesn't they were saying that like whenever everybody broke off from the lds like the regular mormon latter-day saints in utah there was all of this like you know, different branches. But then when the Olympics were coming to Salt Lake City, that's when there is a, I think it was Rulon had this big campaign to say, you know, this is the end of the world. All this sin's coming to our hometown. We need to band together. This is Zion. So he he told everybody to come to this town. It was on a state line so that if there was any illegal activity that was caught, it would be conflicting jurisdiction. It was, like, intentionally designed to escape criminal prosecution, you know? All these people came from all these different sects, and so they all sort of became this giant mishmash of FLDS, because originally they were different branches. Which well, is the and they're still again? fundamentalist. Okay. Um, and there's still about 10,000 active members of the church in the region. Um, That's too many. Yeah, like <laughs> in the Short Creek area. Which is why that show, Breaking the Faith, has a show on TLC. Yeah. Um, where they, they just they literally just go around and like try to help women who are trying to escape who don't know how to get out and a lot of the stories I haven't watched a lot of the show but apparently a lot of them is like there's really sad ones where they end up going back because they don't know any other life and they can't adjust to their lives outside of this cult essentially <laughs> and they're just like we don't know how to take care of ourselves we don't know how to do this you know but there are success stories too so I mean there's there's at least some that get away 
There's even more signs others have moved on. November 2018, Hilldale elected its first ever female non-FLDS mayor. And then a few months before that, a new police chief, an outsider with no ties to the community, was sworn in after a jury ruled that the previous force made up of entirely church members was guilty of religious discrimination. So they started moving people in that were not part of this cult to try and get rid of all of this shit. They also took control of all of the homes that were like covered by the funds of this cult. And they, they still gave it to the people who were in the town. And they're just like, you have to pay for this. Like you can pay for it for this certain amount of money. And it's no longer just going to be handed to you because some crazy man says that you're worthy. And among those houses, this is one of my favorite stories. It's Warren Jeff's ex-wife, Decker. I can't remember her first name. Uh, her last name's Decker. She was one of his younger brides. I think they were. He, she got married to him when she was around like 15 or 16. And then he went to jail. And when he went to jail, he assigned her to her brother's house to like take care of her. It was like her brother and his wife and her... Her brother was like a whole other kind of fucked up person. So there was one night where she grabbed a screwdriver and started undoing like the panels on her window and the wife ran in and stopped her before she could get out. But she got like one corner of the panel off. So she was able to break it off and get the fuck out. Um, And she went on and like went out on her own and was able to get her own life. Then she heard he went to then like when she heard that the town was getting back together, she came back and bought Warren Jeff's old mansion where he kept all his wives and all this shit. She bought it and she turned it into, it's a 44 room mansion. She turned it into a refuge for all the women that are fleeing. Oh, amazing. That's that's amazing. That's so good. Fully groomed rooms. Like people can go there and like have safe Harbor and like also have kind of like a transition space to get from FLDS because it's still in that area. Um, But it's a good transition place because they have people working there now who are outside of the FLDS and they help them kind of like reintegrate back into normal society. That's good. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's so. So I wanted to end that on a light note. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, on a fun, positive note, no big deal. I never continued past the first couple episodes because honestly, it just made me really depressed. But the, um, High on Maid's Tale. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a lot like that. Of, like, that, like, hyper-monitored, watched, like, your life is serving this Oh, man. yeah, that's part of it. There's, like, cameras all over the fucking city, and there's, like, one room with tons of monitors for, like, everybody to see what's going on in the city. There's this, like, group of young boys who are part of the FLDS. They're called the God Squad, and their job is to go around and scare people who aren't living by their rules like they'll rev their engines at you and like try to splash you with like mud and shit like it's in the abc news interview that they tried to do it to the abc news reporter that's so fucked up because it's so easy to get young boys to attack people yeah, and get the, no, it is. Well, if you're gonna get into heaven, and you get you True. get assigned wives. You get like, to you yes. get you get multiple wives, and you're allowed to be violent and attack people. Like, I mean, they wouldn't physically attack you, but their whole job was to scare you. Yeah. Talk so the you. the documentary that I saw was called Prophets Pray. If Prophets you check pray. It out, like pray. I don't Can I say one more crazy thing about that town, Kelly? Yes, go for it. So they thought that Jesus, when he would return, would be wearing red. 
So okay. nobody was allowed to wear red in that religion because it would be disrespectful. And if you came into the town wearing red, they would literally chase you out. That's but what if you were Jesus? Yeah. Well, didn't matter. You weren't. <laughs> Wait. So like, there's all these stories of people who like had gone through the town, like on Reddit, there's like a thread that was like, I just Googled like Colorado city. And there's like this whole ask Reddit thread about like, what's the weirdest town you've ever driven through. And that one, there was this whole thing about Colorado city. And um, they were saying that they got chased out because they tried to go to the gas station. And then somebody else was like, all there is is a family dollar. And like, they yelled at me about my car and all this stuff, which is why it's so ironic that when Warren Jeffs was picked up by the police in Vegas, he was driving a red Cadillac. Yeah, the red Cadillac SUV. Yep. Wait, you were allowed <laughs> to have a red car? No, no he no, was like, escaping to go gamble in Vegas and party it up and then return to the compound. He was leaving this com- living this complete double life. And when he was out and about in Vegas, he was a complete hypocrite driving a red Cadillac because he was mm-hmm. a gajillionaire from all of his followers. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he was delusional. Like, I'm sure the power got to his head, but he actually, like, had this interview with his, or not interview, but he talked to his brother when he was in jail and, like, confessed that he wasn't the prophet and he's never talked to God and, like, all this stuff. And it was, like, a huge deal. You have to be some sort of con artist if you're going to willingly go to Vegas or whatever to gamble. Like, that's fucking stupid. You'd be like, God said, give me more money. (laughs) Go spend it in the land of plenty. (laughs) Why are you obsessed with children? Like, why are people obsessed with children? And on a sexual level, like, why? 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 It's like a power thing, right? It's like, I did it because I could. (sighs) This person can't stop me. Like, yeah. It's really sad. It's really fucked up. Very upset. Very upset. Very upset. Um, Do we have a more positive note to end this on? Um, okay, so I actually do have a positive note. I know we did, like, movie recommendations, so I'm going to take that on, because... Do it. Um, uh, Brendan's roommate got Shudder, that Amazon-exclusive horror movie. I have that, too! And so, uh, a couple of our friends came over, and we watched this movie, Tammy... Oh, hold on, I have to get this name right. Okay, Tammy and the T-Rex. And it has Denise Richards, what? Paul Walker. What? They're both in this fucking movie. They what? Have the show. And it is a story about a girl's boyfriend uh, whose brain gets put inside an animatronic uh, T-Rex. And he goes on a killing rampage. And it is the best thing that exists. But it has nothing to do so. with small towns, though. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, it is in a small town. It takes place in a small town, which okay. is like all run by like gang or whatever. I, but like the whole thing is just ridiculous, and you need to see it because it's just Tammy, out. Tammy T Rex, Tammy and the T Rex, Tammy and, and the T Rex. Like, even if you look at the cover, if you look at the cover of this fucking thing, let me send you a picture of it. You will get the theme of it immediately i'm so glad it came out right after jurassic park so we have this theory that they got like one of the reject t-rex and just put him in this because they had no idea what to do with him here you go you're welcome oh my god (laughs) katie i feel like you need her like gothic cross dude yeah (laughs) all of her outfits in this fucking movie are on point that dress specifically i was like i'm getting one she wears it with black tights and that belt is like black black crosses and she's got a black choker that's amazing i mean it's just it's so perfect and it's like over the top gory and ridiculous 
Like it knows exactly what it is, which is part of what makes it so great. (laughs) That's so fantastic. If we want, we can continue talking, but I am going to go ahead and just end the podcast and be like, thanks for listening. Keep it creepy. (laughs) Keep it creepy. Keep it creepy. For blog posts showing visuals for each episode, you can find our blog at cotmpodcast.com. If you'd like to help support us and receive discounts and loyalty rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash We record every episode live Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash thetigerwizard. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast app or site, please let us know and we'll fix that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates on episodes, blog posts, and special events. And don't forget, keep it creepy.